hit me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Succotash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Yes, it's me, but then it's always me, Mark Hershon, here at the end of Bill Haywatt's introduction... On Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. But this is Epi 30. That's right, the big 3-0. Episode 30. Feels good. And I thought we'd be back in Studio P, the home of the hit this week. But alas, engineer producer Joe Polino is on vacation and out of the country. So instead, here I am. And believe it or not, I'm in my car. Best second recording studio I have. My car. Uh... <laughs> But I'm cobbling together the clippage and the sound bites as best I can without Joe Polino's expertise. So I hope the show sounds good enough to get through. And it's going to be a long one today. It's episode 30. We have a whole bunch of stuff to get to. First, I wanted to thank everybody who's taken the time to get up to iTunes and rate and or review us. I know it takes a little extra time to search for Succotash. Click on those stars. Five stars. It's a lot of clicking. Actually, it's the same amount of clicking, whether it's one or five. But uh, we appreciate the fives. Uh, and then if you're really ambitious, bang out a line or two of nice things to say about Succotash. Well, every one of those delicious ratings helps to move us up the ladder of success as measured on iTunes and helps us to get noticed by those mysterious cloaked figures pushing the pedals and yanking the chains that operate behind the scenes at iTunes. So thanks so much. You can also rate us uh, with a thumbs up if you'd like, if you listen to us over on Stitcher Smart Radio, and that helps too. Um, you know, I write for uh, This Week in Comedy Podcasts over on Splitsider.com. Last week, I reviewed Orny Adams and his new podcast, My Crappy Week, and I gave an honorable mention to Gavin of the G&J Show for his new solo effort, the Pissed Off Man Podcast. Well... Uh, I'm going to have a clip from Orny's show, My Crappy Week, this week. And I will get to the pissed off man probably next episode. Uh, literally, even though his uh, the pissed off man podcast, uh, every episode is only a couple of minutes long. I didn't have time to squeeze it in for this show. Uh, this week over on Split Cider, I'll be talking up the bugle with John Oliver and Andy Saltzman. Uh, so hit up SplitCider.com and look for this week in comedy podcasts. Uh, the new column drops every Thursday. Uh, if you ever want to contact me, it's Mark, M-A-R-C, at SuccotashShow.com. Suckatash for those of you uh, who just don't have time to get to the dictionary, is S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H. Suckatash. It's like mustache, except kind of hardly not at all. Uh, so that's Mark with a C. Mark at SuckatashShow.com. You can also just write to info. At SuccotashShow.com, and it'll get to us. We're on Twitter, at Suckatash Show. We're on Facebook. We've got a page there if you want to like us there. You can even listen to the show now on the Facebook page, thanks to our host, Liberated Syndication. You just have to go to Facebook and listen to us live there. Uh, and there's the, the Suckatash hotline, 818-921-7212. And we've got a call to play for you from the Suckatash hotline a pretty serious matter a little later in the show. 
But in the meantime, we got lots of clips for you this time around, and some of the clips have to do with me and Succotash. So what the heck, it's my blowing my own horn episode. But there's also a lot having nothing to do with me, so that means it's business as usual. Let's get to it. As I mentioned, I reviewed my crappy week. That's Orny Adams' new podcast uh, last week on Splitsider.com. Uh, so uh, let's play a clip from that. Eddie Ift was his guest uh, this last week. The episode so far been less than 20 minutes a day, and it's a daily podcast. It's not uh, a weekly affair. So it's uh, something you can listen to on the way to work uh, once a day if you want to. It's a pretty fun listen. It's uh, easy to squeeze in, as I said, during a drive to work or if you're working out or something. Uh, his guests so far have been fellow comedians, and their crappy weeks are often revolving around the world of Comedy Strange as that may seem, uh, but it also gets pretty personal. Uh, I've got this one on the regular rotation of podcasts I try to catch every time already. So let's uh, give a listen to Orny Adams and My Crappy Week. Can you play it? Can you play it so Eddie can? Okay, perfect. What he said in the unt word? Yeah. You got to hear what he said about, uh, you know, you know. Eddie Brill. Eddie Brill. Yeah. That fucking asshole, Eddie Brill. Eddie Brill's a cunt. You fucking sexist cunt. Fucking hating on women, you fucking pig. I hope you fucking die, you fucking lonely <laughs> fuck. And you're not funny. You stink. Now, will people be able to hear that? Okay. Do you, yeah. think, do you think Eddie Brill listens? I sent it to Eddie Brill. No. <laughs> you're an instigator. Well, I don't know what... I felt as a journalist... Closer to the mic as when you're laughing. Journalist. As a journalist. <laughs> closer to the mic when you're laughing. <laughs> He is too funny. Sometimes you're so funny you don't even know it. Like, I think Orny's – like, I've always found you funny on stage. I said one of the best uh, Tonight Show sets I've ever seen in my whole life. And uh, – but I think you're funnier than you even know. <laughs> Closer to the mic when you laugh. You're all the way back. You're three feet away. This is – it's an applause break you're giving me. So, um, I listened to your Ralphie May, Eddie Brill uh, – uh, Podcast because you you text me and said you better listen to this and I thought what's Ralphie saying about me because I no, love no, no. Ralphie we get along but I took it as though oh fuck I'm in trouble for something no I wanted you to step up your game I uh, wanted you oh, to I yeah. yeah well I'm not gonna talk shit on anyone like that because I will I mean I'm I'm honest I talk about mm -hmm. anyone I tell my honest opinion and everything and so going on that I do like Ralphie May um, the sexist thing I don't agree with I don't I think Eddie Brill was right and like the whole women and and men who's funnier and but. I just think it's it's proportional, and it, there's a it's it's a tough business for women. There, are there funny women? Yeah, there's a fucking shitload of funny women. Are there more funny men? Absolutely, because there's more men in the business. You know, it's it's all fucking ratios. And anyone that argues, shut the fuck up. Um, you know, I I know a lot of women that are funnier than a lot of men. I know a lot of men that are funnier than a lot. It's so stupid, such a dumb argument. Now, the, so I don't believe Eddie Brill was was sexist. I don't think that has anything to do with it, but. Um, but and then Ralphie, it's easy to take a hit at him now when he's out of the job. <laughs> like, I'll fucking go at Eddie now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I got something yeah, to say. I, I, you know, I was shocked. It was like watching a friend unravel. Go in after front of you. somebody that's got a job like Michael Cox booking <laughs> Chelsea lately. Is that? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should call. We should call yeah. him and say that. Send this to Michael Cox right now. You, you Cox. I sent it to Eddie and I said, Eddie, you know, I just want you to hear this and be aware. You know, because I—that's what I would want. Like if someone was on your. 
podcast just you know decimating me. I, that's what I want to hear. I don't I think we, know. we don't really go. Uh, we've gone after a few people. We're pretty. Jim's very honest. He went after Henry Rollins really badly. Wow, it's balls. And then the next week, I get booked on uh, Fuel TV's Daily Habit. And, and I was all excited because I was doing it with Kelly Slater. And then they're like, no, we just bumped you to the next show. And I'm like, who's the other guest? They're like, Henry Rollins. So I'm like, oh, fuck. But do you think like, he heard it? No, I don't know. But I, no, he didn't because the way he approached me, he was really cool. Like, I had a really good time with Henry Rollins. But it was also, I would I would have just gone like this. Hey, that's Jim. That's Jim's opinion. I, if you listen, I didn't say shit about you. And what is Jim's opinion of uh, Rollins? I oh, think he Rollins hates Henry Rollins. He thinks he's just a piece of shit. Uh, wait, not a piece. He said his whole thing is you're not a comedian. Stop selling. Stop doing like a comedy tour. It's not comedy. You just lecture people. And he have you heard shit. some of his spoken word I think stuff? It's great from like I, twenty years ago. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I, yeah, I think he's. he's you know. It's it's great to listen to. It's like listening to somebody ran on a podcast, and they're not. It's not joke, 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 joke. But Jim and I don't have our opinions. Don't have to be in, in, of in line with each other, and and we disagree most of the time. Well, that wouldn't that be boring if it wasn't live? But but you get pulled down sometimes yeah. when one of you goes at. And I've done it. I've gone after some people on the show. Orny Adams and Eddie Ift, and uh, a little bit of a cameo there by uh, Ralphie May. And uh, if you want to dig into my crappy week a little further, go back, go back a, a couple of weeks and uh, listen to Ralphie May's shows. Uh, he uh, <laughs> he unloads on Eddie Brill. Uh, he also gets really personal about his weight, uh, which is uh, pretty deep. All right, so you can catch up with Orny on hahajk.com or subscribe to iTunes to catch more of that. Uh, next up, I'm so glad that Doug Benson has given us the nod to let us feature clips from Doug's Lo- Doug Loves Movies. If uh, you're a longtime listener of Succotash, you know we had a little bit of a hiccup getting clips from Doug. Uh, but it's a damn funny show. Even when things go horribly, horribly wrong, this clip goes back to late June, but I wanted to play it because it's a great display of comics run amok. Jeff Garland, T.J. Miller, and Pete Holmes were the guests, and they end up not getting to a single one of Doug's movie games in the episode because they just can't stop being, well, <laughs> themselves. Uh, <laughs> the whole show's a hoot, but here's a slice of the madness. You were just so quiet and humble back there, and then you just come out here and you're just like, I'm just well, he was nervous, Jeff. Well, I'm like, you both are nervous. We're both nervous. I know. I'm glad that you said that about me. Jeff. Well, don't worry. <laughs> I think it's important that you told me how I felt. Well, I know you're nervous. Don't read ahead, Jeff. And also, uh, I, I, I think I, it's fair to say, and I think the audience will agree with me, that these the three are in a dead heat for, for, for tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you guys, you all have a chance to win this thing. Let's do it. And I'm not just talking about the Leonard Moulton game. I'm talking about the separate game that I'm keeping track of as we go. Is that real? Where, yeah. God, Pete's so scared. Wait, is this happening? What is happening? I don't, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. Are you excited about, are you excited about winning most difficult guest? Whoa. What the fuck are you talking about? Jeff, I'm totally in the moment, man. I'm not Doug, turning the on switch listen, off. No, that's why I'm I love like having you thing. on. That's Doug, why I, I love having you are here. Are you being sarcastic? Because I fucking won't come. <laughs> listen, hey. What the hell are you talking about? Don't you think I want to come to a free show? What the fuck are you blowing? Wow. Oh, no. And this is the I'm beginning of the show Because we always kill us all. Because we always have fun. If I was a dick, because I... You're not a dick, so stay. My last appearance, though. No funny improv fights. HBO isn't... Oh, you want. I'm out. But you're going to win today. I, hold on a second. <laughs> I'm rich. Difficult. 
I'm handsome. The world is my oyster. What the fuck am I doing here? Why, the last thing Why am I not on my yacht? I got off my yacht to come here. What the fuck is going Wait, on? Wait, I'll be Larry. Why were you sleeping yacht. on your yacht in the middle be of the yacht? Yacht. Hey, I'll Uber, I need a free ride for my Seinfeld. yacht. I'll be Seinfeld. That's more to your Seinfeld. Yacht thing. He should be on his yacht. What's he doing here? Please show. He's got money. He's got money. I don't know why we're all not applauding. <laughs> Even Jerry Seinfeld sometimes becomes a robot after applause. <laughs> Jeff, if you don't get applause, ask for it. Show business 102. 102. Stayed, I skipped 101. Anyone can take 101. Your jugglers, your hobo magicians. Fuck yeah. that. I took 101. Is that right? Were you, we were a hobo musician. <laughs> I know I was a hip-hop clown, Jeff. It's not funny. No, I'm serious, Jeff. And I had a dove component for a while. But then I lost my doves, Jeff, and I also lost my identity. So you're going to walk out on the first time that I'm able to say this publicly? Well, go on, walk. But don't come back. Stay on your yacht. You missed out on this one. The USS Friendship. I love the goal. I love the goal. We have to be here for all the mining. <laughs> this is healing diseases that haven't yet formed in my body. Being this near to joy, you laugh like the cartoon shoe being dipped. It's a Roger me? Rabbit oh, reference did you, did you for the win. Get it a little later. Yeah, I, I like, did. What the fuck is Pete going? Oh yeah. Dip cartoon shoe, I'm in. I felt so bad for that shoe. So to answer your question, yes, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Recent movies I've seen on Laserdisc in Jeff's basement of his yacht. All right, go uh, right to the source at douglovesmovies.com or iTunes. And do check out Doug's tweetage, at Doug Benson. Uh, He tweets regularly, frequently, and is very funny. Uh, Next up is a sampler set from a new podcast from Britain called 4AM Cab. They're sketch-based. They say that they're a dark comedy sketch show that covers all manner of surreal and odd topics all linked together in the notion that they occur to you at 4AM, perhaps in the back of a cab. For those of you who like to write sketches, they also have an open-door policy for writers, and they invite all comers to send in scripts for consideration. So here are some of those early morning notions strung together for our listening pleasure. What the hell was that? Good morning, madam. Can I interest you in some beautiful double glazing tonight? What? I can offer you 50% off if you buy today. It's four in the morning. I'm trying to have a dinner party. What are you doing? Our company survey found that our customers are just as unlikely to want double glazing at 4am as at 4pm, but that some customers buy at 4am because they're sleepwalking. How long have you been outside my house? Since 11pm. I couldn't ring your doorbell or beat my horn because it's against the law. I'm pretty sure throwing stones is too. I think our black wood look is best for your house, but it's difficult to tell in the dark. I'll come back tomorrow with some samples. It is tomorrow! Leave this is happening. No, I mean tomorrow morning. Same time. No, no. Piss off and never darken my door again. Coffee coming up. TV, anyone? 
Hi, are you feeling lonely? Too tired for phone sex, but you'd still like a bit of hot man tonight. Give one of our man station hunks a call. They're here to make you feel good. Call now, and you could talk to David. I'll slowly sand down the boat with my top off while you tell me about curtains. Later, if you like, I could move some furniture around so you can see how it looks in a different place without any complaining. Hmm. Well, what about Zach? I'll clean a wheelie bin and sympathise about how you get bloated after onions all night. Maybe later you can tell me all about how no one at work really gets you. And we can list their character flaws while I chop this wood. <clears throat> you can call using any major credit card, and if you hurry, you can listen in to Marcus, who's fixing the boiler. Who's fixing the boiler? Mmm. <sighs> What's that smell? <sighs> the smell of erotica. Bursting with pleasure, the smell of success. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I need to go. Oh, the latrine. Spray it in my face. Fill your cup. Oh, the latrine. 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 The smell of we. having a penis reduction. Really? Yeah, because it's really getting in the way, you know? Really annoying being so large. Right. I can't buy pants anywhere. I mean, it's really getting on my... Penis. Exactly. I have to get this special shop for pants. Cost me a fortune. Well, they fair trade. Oh, fuck, fuck off, off, guy. Hey. Look, Blaine, I'm just not sure you're really a big enough fan. Are you kidding? I saw them play the hit bowl before they were even signed. I have still got the skinny tee with a blood-stained logo in the shape of a polar bear. Mm, I'm still not sure, Blaine. This record means a lot to me. Oh, Ian, mate, I'll do anything to get this record. Anything. Oh. Really? Thank God for that. That's my cab. Nice seeing everyone. Bye. Hello there. Me again. Uh, just to say, it's buy one, get one free across the entire double glazing range. Excuse me, other cab to catch. Find more just like that, but a little bit different at 4amcab.com. That's the numeral 4amcab.com, which is where you can also submit your sketch ideas. And don't forget to download them from iTunes if you prefer to go that way. Now, it's no secret that I like helping my friends out who decide that Kickstarter.com can help them out. Uh, we had Phil Lerness on here last episode talking about his film project. The latest campaign to catch my eye is the one from Gabriel Diani and Etta Devine. They produced a horror movie spoof called The Selling about a real estate agent trying to unload a haunted house. Now, this came out last year. It's been making the film festival circuit. Uh, which is great, but they'd love to actually let regular folks see it, and no film company studio has reached out to them wanted to buy the rights and distribute it. So they're 
doing this themselves. Now, I reviewed this movie last year when it debuted. You can still read my review. It's on the Huffington Post, and uh, there's a link to it at the SuccotashShow.com blog rundown for this show online. So anyway, uh, Gabriel and Etta wanted to get the film into some theaters so real people can take a look at it, which means now they need to pay to rent those movie houses. Uh, so they've started a Kickstarter campaign. I caught up with them via Skype earlier this week. I have uh, Gabriel Diani and Etta Devine on the line via Skype from Los Angeles. And uh, you guys have exciting <laughs> you guys have exciting news about the movie The Selling. We certainly do. Uh, we have a Kickstarter campaign that we just launched. We're raising funds for a limited theatrical release uh, to get the movie in theaters uh, to coincide with our DVD and VOD launches. Now, for those of you who, don't, makes- who aren't aware of the selling, the fact of the matter is you guys, first of all, got a movie made. Yay! Yes. That <laughs> yes. is something. That's, uh, next time you see a really bad movie, just to realize that, that, that they finished it. That is amazing. And that's something to be applauded. So you guys actually finished the movie like a year, over a year ago, right? And you have been where with it since? Uh, uh, We shot three years ago (laughs) in 2009. We were in post-production heck for uh, about a year and a half. And then uh, we finished and we, uh, we debuted at the San Francisco International Film Festival in May 2011, and we've been doing, we've done 25 film festivals since then. 27. 27, excuse wow. me, film festivals since then. Uh, we've gotten some good awards, which are nice, and some great reviews, um, including one that you wrote. Yeah, I, I did write one. That's right. <laughs> good heavens. Uh, now, what uh, what were your roles uh, on the movie? Not just acting roles, but you did a lot. you did a lot more. Gabe wrote it and produced it, and I co-produced it and made a lot of cookies, and I've been doing all the festival stuff. Great. And, uh, and, uh, and emails. Producing is lots of emails. Right. Uh, and Gabe was the star of the movie. And, he was. Uh, I was. And, and I was. had a very, very big role as well as a lead. So that's very exciting. Yes. We are movie stars. We are the stars of a movie. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's all right. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, so tell folks who uh, are, are willing to uh, check out the Kickstarter, and I will have a, a link to your Kickstarter campaign on the SuccotashShow.com website uh, to help them right. find their way. But what, uh, what sort of goodies can they expect to get based on how much they uh, kick in to help you guys? Well, they can get uh, digital downloads of the movie starting at $5 for like a phone-sized version and then a laptop-sized version and a HDTV-sized version. Then they can also get a DVD. Uh, they can get a, one of the T-shirts that I wear in the movie. Really cute Grumpy Owls T-shirt. Yes, they can get uh, a Bleeding Walls necklace, which is a lovely little necklace that looks like some dried blood. <laughs> uh, a poster of the movie. poster of the movie. Signed by some of the folks involved, and uh, um, there are one just went, but we have let's see how many are left. Um, we have three remaining associate producer credits. Wow, nice! If I weren't a lowly podcast producer, I would have gone for more than just the uh, the t shirt and the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. That's that's yeah. that's our sweet spot: the t shirt and the DVD. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Um, you can also get a tour of the director's uh, family farm, which sounds really, I want to go on this tour. Um, they grow prunes and walnuts since 1869 in Northern California. And you get like a big fancy tour of their packing plant and wow. orchards. Sadly, we can't afford that one. <laughs> but maybe someone else can. In fact, you're not allowed on the property, which is really no. sad. Right, right. No. And some other some other high-end incentives. You can have the band that played in the movie come play at your event or party. Wow. These or are... us. Uh, we're a comedy act and we'll come. We'll come, your... we'll come do 20 minutes at yeah. your party. Wow, this is a, this it, is a great. A small uh, party, it could be off. This is, this is a great array of, of premiums you guys are offering. Well, thank you. We wanted to give people uh, something good for their money. Uh, a lot of times options. we'll see, uh, oh, that looks like a fun Kickstarter. And then you look at all the the, the things and it's like, for $1,000, you can have a DVD. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, so that's great. Well, I, I wish you guys luck. How much are you trying to raise? Twenty-five grand. Twenty-five grand. Well, that's fairly modest by uh, Kickstarter standards. Yeah, yeah, we're using that to rent uh, theaters to have the movie in and uh, to actually pay to fulfill the, all the incentives, the DVDs and all that stuff. Yeah, it's everything wonderful that happens with the movie um, costs more money. <laughs> so. And we're the last ones to collect any of the uh, anything that comes in, so it's sort of hard to to keep the to keep the ship moving. Right. Of course. And what is the uh, what's the final date that people have to uh, to kick in by? August 15th at 5.58 a.m. Start your countdown timers. Very exciting. <laughs> we'll be up. We'll be up counting down the, the seconds. Excellent. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing us up to speed on, uh, on the selling. And like I said, there'll be a, uh, a link to the Kickstarter campaign on uh, com, And uh, maybe I will give you a call as we get closer to August 15th and see how things are looking. That'll be great. Thanks awesome. so much. Excellent, you guys. Good to talk to you. Good you to talk to you. Okay, take care. <laughs> As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I think you can hear that. I, I, um, I'm recording uh, my portion of the show in between the clips uh, from my car because we're not at Studio P this week. And I can talk louder here than I can in my house at the moment. Uh, so um, that was the garbage man going by in his truck. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's time for the Tweet Sack. Uh, the Tweet Sack is our version of a mailbag. You can send us email. Mark at com is the place to send that. It's M-A-R-C at Show. If you need to spell Succotash, go to the top of the show where I spelled it for you. Or you can just, uh, if you got something short to say, just put at Show on Twitter and whatever your message is. And uh, I will read that and scrape it up and dump it in here, just like I have from our friends at Brit and American, who say, we have subscribed to you on iTunes and gave you a review. We think what you're doing is a great thing for comedy podcasting. Well, Brit and American, we think so too. So thanks very much for your review. Uh, every little bit helps, especially in iTunes. And just for that, I'm going to play a little clip from your new podcast, The Brit and the American, a little later in the show. How about that? Uh, elsewise in the tweet sack, thanks to at Ed Wallach, at Pray to God, and everyone else who tweeted about my recent appearance co-hosting the D-Head Factor with Jabs out of Canberra, Australia. It's episode 44. I spent over an hour with Jabs doing the random news feature and shooting the shit with him. It was a whole lot of fun. Sorry that F.U. Josh wasn't around to enjoy it, but we had fun anyway. 
Here is a sample from that show, which is currently online. Arthur Walker allegedly crashed his truck through the Texas Mall naked. A lot of nakedness <laughs> going on. Guys, but, yeah, their clothes off. I don't understand. This one's Dallas. Is that close to you? Uh, no, Dallas is uh, way far away in Texas, and we, we we don't really claim any right to anybody in Texas. <laughs> they do their own thing there. So in Dallas, police say a naked man crashed a pickup truck into a Dallas mall, then drove over a few kiosks before stopping to try on clothes. Dallas police were called to the Southwest Center Mall at 7.30 a.m. on Friday. Officers say the man was apparently covered only in a blanket when he drove his truck through the glass entrance doors, then crashed through several kiosks before driving into the Champs Sporting Goods store. Once inside the store, police said he left the blanket in the truck and started putting on clothes and a pair of Air Jordan shoes. Do they still make Air Jordans? Uh, apparently in Texas. <laughs> no one was injured. A police statement identifies the man as 35-year-old Arthur Walker of Dallas. He's jailed without bond on a ton of charges. And Dallas County Jail record, uh, records list no attorney for him. The uh, the irony of that story is that in Texas, that is the driver's test. You're just <laughs> not supposed to put on the Air Jordans. That's where he screwed up. <laughs> so that's theft is when you steal it, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, again, you've got to look at how does one, like, just backtracking before the crime actually happened, how does one get to the supermarket <laughs> to then want to crash into it naked. Like, it's not like he woke up naked, put a blanket what? around himself saying, I want clothes. Well, so you're not big looking night. at the big picture. Just think he woke up, he said, I've got nothing clean to wear. What am I going to do? I know, I'll throw on this blanket, I'll run down to the mall, I'll get some clothes. But, of course, no pants, no wallet, no money. What do you get? You get there, i got to do something. I'm not going to drive back in this state. Well, so he might have thought it was a drive-through as well, you know. Just, <laughs> well, he made it a drive-through. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So he's woken up from a big night. So I'm surprised they didn't get him for alcoholic because the night before he's probably out on the pissed. I mean, have you ever woken yeah. up naked? Do you go out have a big night? You wake up naked. I mean, you got to find clothes, don't you? You don't want to be driving around naked in a truck because you get arrested for driving around naked in a truck. He thought, well, no, I've got he... a fifty-fifty chance here. I could drive around naked in a truck, which, and uh, he's decided, you know what? I'll go get some clothes. And so he's driven into the shop and uh, stole some clothes. Now, if he's smart, what he'll do is he'll pull the uh, Terminator defense, <laughs> say he's from the future and you can't come back with clothes on. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, They can't send him back through the time machine. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I don't know how that explains the pickup truck exactly, but uh, that's for his – oh, he doesn't have a lawyer. I was going to say his lawyer will work out, but he has no lawyer. No, that's exactly right. Would you, would you – even if you're a lawyer, you just there's no amount of charity that could convince you to do that. <laughs> I've got a driving story as well. Okay. Uh, this is from Indiana, uh, which is uh, a, a ways from Dallas, from Fort Wayne, Indiana. A, uh, the headline is, Indiana man pleads guilty to neglect DWI, which is uh, driving while intoxicated, for strapping kids to hood of car. Did he have the beer in the back seat though? That's that's the point. well. Let's find out. He uh, he pled guilty to four charges uh, related to an incident in which he strapped four children to the hood of his car. Jesus Christ! Uh, he uh, three counts of child neglect, a charge of driving while intoxicated. He used yellow toe straps to secure four children, three of his own, to the hood of a white sedan. So that really says, well, who was that poor fourth kid? 
It's the, 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 who, who's the parent of that fourth kid? I mean, Darwinian law. I mean, he's, he's going to kill his own lifeline, which is probably a good thing. But, you know, it's that fourth person that we're going to worry about here. Well, here's the officer stopped him while he was driving with the kids on the hood, which is good. Usually they say there's never a cop around when you need one, but apparently there was one then. Uh, but he, he told them he was only going to drive around the corner and thought they would like it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what kids like to do nowadays, strap themselves to the roof of cars and drive around. Oh, my Turns God. Turns out his, uh, his blood alcohol level is more than double the legal limit, and uh, there's no report in here who that fourth kid was. <laughs> so I don't know if it was a friend of his kids or just a random child. Yeah, I'm thinking it's a, it's a very ex-friend of the kids. <laughs> Somehow you're not playing over their house anymore. You're not going over to play with Daryl. <laughs> no, no, you're not going for any drives with them, that's for sure. Ah, uh, thank you, Jabs. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we are planning to do a, uh, a co-hosting uh, gig with him co-hosting Succotash. If we can work it out time-wise, he's uh, in Australia, uh, and so there's quite a bit of time difference. He's in a whole different season down there. Plus, we're planning to Skype in some of our favorite podcasters from around the globe, which means everyone has to kind of be awake. So we're we're working out the logistics on that one, but hopefully we'll be bringing you that episode very soon. Getting back to the tweet sack, something that wasn't funny at all happened uh, to up-and-coming comedian Caleb Medley last week uh, when 11 people were killed and dozens were shot by suspected psycho gunman and shit sack James Holmes during that midnight screening of The Dark Knight Rises in Aurora, Colorado. Now, Caleb had gone to the movie with his pregnant wife Katie as a last date before they became parents. He ended up getting shot in the face and uh, as I record this is still in critical condition and I believe still in a medically induced coma. Now, his wife, Katie, gave birth to their son the very next day, and being a comedian, uh, he nor his family have medical insurance. Now, a comedian does have something that civilians don't have, and that's a family of comedians and their fans out there. So here's a call from comedian, actor, friend of Succotash, Rick Overton, that came in on our Succotash hot. Hey, this is Rick Overton, and I just found out about Caleb Medley and the tragedy of his being shot in the eye and now being placed in an induced coma when his infant is moments away from being born and he needs our help. And none of us are millionaires, but if we all kick in what we can, maybe we can make a dent in what will be astronomical medical bills for him for all he was doing was sitting in a theater watching a movie. And you can help, too. This tragedy in Aurora, Colorado, is so unbelievably horrific. Sometimes it cripples you to think you can't do anything. But it's the little things that we can do. And this is the little thing that's not little to Caleb and his family. It's huge. So let's all give what we can. And, uh, you know, if we all do it together, I think we can really we can make a difference. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Ricky. There is an address where you can send donations in to help out. It's support Caleb Medley, M-E-D-L-E-Y, at Cannon National Bank, C-A-N-O-N. That's at 401 East Main Street in Florence, Colorado, zip code 81226. And I've got that address up on the SuccotashShow.com website. 
Um, let's see if we can't help Caleb and his family out. I know there's a, a, a lot of victims to that stupid, stupid shooting. But uh, here's uh, at least one guy that I've got a link to that if, uh, if you have a mind and a heart and a wallet to help out, that would be greatly appreciated. Sorry to get a little serious here, but uh, come on, fellow comic, we gotta help, got to help out where we can. Uh, Comedy on a Cushion is host Darren Staley's tagline for Dylan Brody's Neighbor's Couch. <laughs> His podcast takes place via uh, live via Blogcast Radio every week, then finds its way to iTunes. Now, I really like Darren, and uh, he's got some great guests, interesting guests. My only bugaboo about uh, his show, Dylan Brady's Neighbor's Couch, is the audio quality, which, as you Succotashians know, is the one thing that drives me nuts. We're an audio medium. we got to try our darndest. Uh, but uh, <laughs> his show... Really, sometimes, and he even jokes about it, uh, sounds like uh, it's mostly two soup cans and a, str- and a string. And it's often worth suffering through, as it was recently when he had Andy Kidler on the show. They got into a discussion about social media, and that's where Darren gets a little gushy. I do uh, appreciate uh, Twitter more than anything I've ever done before because there's no ho- homework. Because like Facebook... Facebook started out, and then they have events and people, you know. And then you, you know, first you want messages, and then you don't want messages, and then it took me two weeks to figure out how to turn that the instant messaging thing off. <laughs> yeah, well, but you know, you you get all, you do also get uh, get messages uh, on Twitter, uh, or I would call it feedback. I, I've asked a few other uh, comedians about this, and I, I want to tell you for a second. I, I hate to gush. Uh, but but I do have to tell you, uh, you know, I, I try not to be too obsessed with, you know, who's following me, who's following me on Twitter, how many followers I have. But I do have to say that the day that you followed me on Twitter was probably the greatest day of my life. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but can you can't? That is so amazing. Is that really true though, or are you uh, putting me on? I'm actually, in all seriousness, I'm not putting you on. I may, I may be exaggerating the greatest day of my life. I'm saying that now in case my wife listens back to the show. But, uh, no, I, I really do have to tell you, uh, it, it was really fantastic. And, and uh, Dylan uh, can attest to this. I, the, I emailed him, and uh, I said, you're not going to believe this. Andy Kindler is following me on Twitter, and he said, who's Andy Kindler? And, uh, you know, but, uh but I said, you know, no, I'm, I'm so excited. He was like, well, that's great. So then, you know, I, you know, I told my wife, I said, you know, look, Andy Kindler is, you know, follow, you know, following me on Twitter. And I called my relatives and I said, Andy Kindler is following me on Twitter. And they said, who's Andy Kindler? But I, again, I'm joking about that part too. But well, but you know what? Though I, I like the, sh- uh, I like the repeating uh, quality of no one knowing who I am. Then you get to my family. You get to my mother, and somehow she, who's Andy Kindler, boom. Well, that's yeah, well. Actually, that's where I was actually going with that. I was going to say I called my mother, and then I called your mother, and yeah, that that was kind of where I was going with that. Well, uh, I yeah. appreciate that compliment. I mean, that really is, makes me very happy. And but, um, I mean, it, but, I mean, it all it really did because I, I am a big fan of of, of your your work, and, and especially you know I'm a, I'm a big Twitter guy. Uh, and, you know, and I, and I love uh, reading your your Twitter feed and. No, it was it was really. I really enjoy cool. reading your Twitter feed, as you can tell, because that's, because uh, we and I think we've often bantered. Yes, we we have uh, we have bantered quite a bit, and uh, it it was it was really nice, and, and I appreciated it. I, but you know, you you always kind of like you know with somebody that you uh, 
that you know you like and you respect kind of uh you know acknowledges you in some way that you know you know I kind of dig what you're doing too. Have you ever had that like not necessarily on Twitter but in your career where like somebody that you really liked and respected kind of gave you a, a compliment or a heads up and you were like wow that is pretty damn awesome. Oh yeah, I mean it 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 happened it's happened in in my life but like the thing that's about tw- tw- I don't think some of the things that happened could have uh, happened without Twitter. Like for like you know, I you know Wayne Fetterman had like a uh, a film festival where comics hosted like nights. Uh, you know you know hosted films they liked and like did a question. You know not films they were no, nothing that anybody uh, was in or anything like that or had anything to do with the, a movie. Just like that was their favorite movie and they did a question and answer before and. I mean, a question and answer after and an intro before, and so I did Modern Romance by Albert Brooks because that's like I would say up there, maybe my favorite movie, along with like Annie Hall, a comedy movie with Annie Hall, or maybe movie movie of, of, yeah. in every category. So I uh, so I played that, and then someone was talking about it online, and then Albert Brooks came in and said, "Oh, uh, thanks for showing it," or something like that. So that was like, oh, that made my life. Check him out at Dylan Brody's Neighbors Couch dot com. <laughs> Oh, he's got to shorten that up somehow. Uh, Blogcast Radio, where he's live once a week on Fridays and iTunes. Uh, Next up, these are the folks that uh, sent in the very kind note that they'd reviewed us on iTunes, The Brit and The American. Here's another new podcast from across the pond, by the way. The Brit and The American is a couple, Thomas Moore and Alba Lewis, who tag themselves as the posh Brit and the redneck American. And the show's a chatty, observational style of commentary about the couple and their travels from their very different perspectives. I grabbed a piece of their show where they were recently talking about the vagaries of parking and petrol prices in the U.K. I only have one word to say. Parking. Parking cars? Yeah. Car parking. Yeah. We rented a car. Yeah. Parking in the U.K. Why? Why is there no parking lots? Why is there no... Why is everything so jammed up? Why are we paying 10 pounds a day to sit on a street? Because it's an expensive street. Okay. (laughs) But why are there no car parks? Because they're just as expensive as parking on the street. Why don't they allow, you know, I I don't understand. Everywhere we've gone in Britain, there's nowhere to park cars. Well, we're a small little country, aren't we? But they have lots of cars. Yeah. In America, if you build a building, you have to have X number of parking spots. No, no, no. To accommodate that. Well, first of all, in Brighton, we're dealing in a a Victorian era, so they didn't have cars, right? Right, no, no. And the second thing is we do have places to park the car. You just have to pay for them. Like a lot of money. A lot of money. (laughs) It's crazy. Well, to be fair, on the seafront at Brighton... Now we're in the summer, although you wouldn't believe it with the weather. <laughs> yeah. You pay almost double or triple than you do in the winter. So really? come October, it changes back again to being cheaper. Oh, it does? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's but just it's just purely to get revenue while all the people come to the sunny seaside, which, as you've seen this summer... Hasn't been sunny. Oh, it's clear, isn't it? All yeah. the spaces are clear. It's, that's strange. That is strange. We haven't got it, we haven't got the space. You do have the space. We don't have the space. Take a couple fields right outside of town. That's exactly the point. We don't take fields out for cars. 
I mean, do something. There's got to be a plan. Well, you, you come up with a plan. The only plan that makes sense is like a, a system where you can park cars on top of each other. All right, and now let's go to petrol. Fuel, gas, whatever you want to call it. Expensive. You pay per liter. Yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> I did. I jumped. One pound thirty-three. So that what's that in dollars? That's it's, about. It's about almost two pounds. Two dollars. Two dollars for one liter. For a liter. Yeah, yeah. Not a gallon. Yeah, a liter. What is there? Four liters in a gallon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I jumped out at the petrol station. I shoved the nozzle in this morning. <laughs> Start squeezing the nozzle, and I just looked at the clock, and I'm going. Wow. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, what's going on? So what did we do? We did a redneck thing today, didn't we? You did a redneck thing. I did. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know if we've got away with it yet. Oh, we did. No, not I yet. Got, they have to send me an email. All right. I got, um, <laughs> so we had a rental car, and um, I had Alba turning on and off the key so the fuel gauge would register until it went to full. Because what we noticed in the car we rented is if you filled it up, it would last for like a hundred miles before the gauge even moved. So I just went until it went to full, and then you took it back. Yeah, but I'm not 100% sure that's going to work. Why? Because all they have to do is put the nozzle in. Did and you fill see it up a petrol station where we rent the car? No, I didn't see a petrol station, but they still—they're not stupid. It, it, they turn the key on. I was—I had a used car lot. You turn the key on, and if the little gauge goes to full, you're done. Well, I, I'm hoping that you're right. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, find them at thebritandtheamerican.com, and that's got dashes between all of that. Uh, somebody's got to tell some of these podcasters about uh, things like Bitly and uh, these URL shorteners, because that's crazy. Thebritandtheamerican.com, or just go to iTunes and look it up. Uh, that's the easier way to find it, probably. I've featured the guys from Cinematic Method before, and I love what they do. Reviews. But not movie reviews. Movie trailer reviews. That's right. They watch trailers, try to figure out what the movie's about, and then they guess what the movie's score is going to be on Rotten Tomatoes when it does come out. It's inspired. But in between the trailer trashing, they talk about other stuff. Are you more excited, though, to see The Dark Knight Rises or um, Premium Rush, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt? The movie about him as a bike messenger in the city comes across some... some Dark, Dark Knight Rises. Some info. Yeah, but listen, he's a bike messenger, <laughs> and he can do some pretty cool tricks. Is it a thriller? Obviously, yes. Yes, it is a thriller. Oh, but speaking Dark of... Dark Rises, though. I was walking down the street today... And I saw on the ground a an SD card, and I picked it up, and I examined the files. Did you premium and rush it? And now I have a lot of pictures of uh, just some, some girl. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you share that? What is she doing? Because it, it was like the secret information connection. Uh, she's hanging out with her friends, it looks like, having okay. a decent time. She's got a lot of music on there. Is it's she... mostly rap, popular music. So interesting. I just want to make sure it's not a picture of a girl child you're holding on to. No, she's probably 24. Okay, that's yeah. at least not illegal seeming. No, no, yeah. no. You can talk about that openly. That's fine. Thank you. So if you lost an SD card and want it back, it's actually an SD card adapter with a mini SD card inside. Oh, I see. 
It yep. looks like it came out of a palm Some phone. A if palm, that helps. Yeah. If you live in the Bay Area, California, um, what kind of rap music? 2009, 2008, 2009, yeah, popular music from then. So it's like Black Eyed Peas yep. and uh, some Kanye, okay. um, you know, that kind. Part can of I it. tell the people that I saw a famous person? Yeah, you can Richard tell. Richard Lewis? You can tell them whatever you want. I can? Okay, I, sh- I saw Richard Lewis at an airport, and I didn't know what to do, so I just did nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was waiting He was waiting to get onto his, to get into first class on the plane I was getting off. And he was just standing there, kind of by himself. There was two people behind him in line. And I made eye contact with him. And I just kept walking. <laughs> I can't imagine a more underwhelming story. Yeah, I mean, that's just it's, not a good story. No, it's not even a good celebrity. Or being no, honest. kind of cool. He's funny, though. So, I, I mean, just that imagine doesn't mean it. It's not a good story, though. At all. No. It, it's a really awful story. Well, think about it, though, because... Look, I'm getting off a plane. I'm, you know, no, I've, I've, heard, plane the, I've, heard, the, I've heard the story. Yeah, well, listen, though, because I don't think you were listening before. So I got off the plane. I'm not expecting to see anything. And there's a guy standing there. I'm like, he looks interesting, and it turns out to be a famous guy. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not a neat thing no, but to then, happen to someone. But then we made eye contact with each other, and it was like, I know that you're famous, and you know that I know How that you're famous. How many more times do you think we're going to hear this story before the end of the podcast? Because this is number two already, and I gotta say, yeah. it's not getting yeah. that much better. But it it's like, better, but it was like we both know that there's that you are the famous one. It's not. Uh, it's I a better it. story. It's that he's not telling it quite as terribly as he did the first time. Does he look as haggard in real life yes. as he does in he really does. Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah. All right. Thanks, Kyle, Jerry, Chris, Jared, and Matt of the Cinematic Method. I don't think all five of those guys are on every show. In fact, I think. One or two of them may have left. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, their website has everybody listed, though, so I'm going to assume they're still all a part of the madness. at cinematicmethod.com, or find them on iTunes if you would prefer. Thanks for sending in that clip, guys. If you like podcasts that feature chats with porn stars, there are a number of those. But the Man Cave podcast also covers sports, comic books, beer, pretty much anything that could count as furnishing in a true man cave. Jeff and Bobby, your hosts, sent along a snippet from their talk with reformed porn star Brie Olson, who's now trying to make a go at it about being legit in Hollywood. Today on the Man Cave, boy, oh boy, are we lucky. We are joined by the one and only Brie Olson. Brie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, no problem at all. So tell me, what, what's new in your life? What is Brie Olson up to nowadays? Oh, my goodness. Well, I've been here in L.A. I moved here three months ago officially. Mm-hmm. So it has been a crazy three months for me, just coming up with all of these uh, adventures and projects that I've been creating for myself, just working my way into the mainstream world. And uh, I've been very fortunate. I feel that People are very accepting of me and what I come from. And as long as I have the skill of whatever they're looking for, you know, be it comedy, like, for example, I get booked for a lot of comedy things. So it's been great. And then I'm also um, working my way into this whole YouTube world, which is really cool and uh, has taken off like crazy. So um, hopping on that bandwagon a little bit, I have this video 
a music video that I did that I put together and uh, I'm so excited about it. I, I sang on the track. I wrote I wrote the lyrics, everything. And we put together this music video. And that's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. So I'm like, yay. <laughs> so people can't find that video yet. We've got a couple weeks to wait for that? Yeah, I know. Ugh. <laughs> You'll just have to have me back on again so I can brag about it. I guess so if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> can you sing for us? Can you give us a little sample if I put you right on the spot here? No, <laughs> no, that's the thing. It's it's not. I'm a horrible singer, but um <laughs> you know, <laughs> with the auto-tune and everything, it makes it okay. But I mean, I didn't do it to be a singer. I just did it because it's a very funny video. It's it's called I'm in love with a Hollywood douchebag. And uh, <laughs> so where'd you come up with that? Huh? <laughs> where'd you come up with that title? You know, well, I wanted to do one about, I don't even want to say because no one's done it yet, but I'm like, I want to do this. And the guy that helped me, you know, put the song together and everything, he's like, no, let's do it. And so we're throwing ideas back and forth. And we finally came up with this idea for Hollywood Douchebag. So I'm like, okay. So, um, yeah, it, and it's great because, you know, I have a, a lot of disdain for Hollywood <laughs> it's, of itself. So uh, it's it's it was fun to poke fun at it. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Now, where do you have a singing or even music background as a kid or anything? Or is this nope, just came up? No, nope, not at all. I just, I wanted to do just, you know, a funny type parody type video. So that's what it is. Oh, I can't wait to but see it's, it. It's really, I'm shocked at how it came out. I'm like, wow, this sounds really great. And I mean, it's, it's uh, Mike that helped me put it together. He's on it too. So it's like his, his lines and then my lines and back and forth. And I learned a lot about music in there. I have such an appreciate, a new, I mean, I already appreciated um, musicians and artists and everything, but now even more so I'm like, wow, this is crazy. What a lot of work. So you're the next Britney Spears. That's what's going on right before us here. Oh goodness. Now, I just, you know, I just wanted to make this video. I thought it'd be cool. It's really catchy. Um, and it's a great video. That's the most exciting part. I'm really stoked about the video. Now you are embarking in what God just seems like one of the toughest things anyone could try to do to go from, you know, how successful and huge you were in the porn industry to be, you know, mainstream, you know, actress and everything else. How, how you said you're being received well, are the auditions going well? Is it the process? I mean, tell me about everything you're going through. Yeah, it's it's all going really well. The one thing that's difficult, and I don't think most people realize this, is that it took a lot for me to walk away from the industry. Number one, as you said, I was already established and successful in the industry. I didn't have to go on auditions or try to get people to book me for anything. I, I mean, I was able to still live in Indiana and just come out and work. I mean, that was the whole reason I had to move to LA is because there's going to be things that are last minute. I mean, I kind of, this, it's a completely different. Now I'm the small fish you know, in this huge sea before I was like a big fish in a little pond. And so it's two completely different worlds. And so to leave all of that and that uh, stability and to do this just, you know, because I want to, um, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of reality checks, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's been good for me. I'm really proud of what I have done. It's not like, you know, I'm booking any huge, you know, oh, main character on television show type things, which I mean, I hope that's my end goal to do something like that. But for right now, to be able to say that I'm an actual working actress, not just an actress is nice. Get lost at the mancavepodcast.com. That includes the word the in that name. They're also on iTunes and they live stream on Ustream every Thursday night at 9 p.m. So if you like your podcasts before they get potty, 
then uh, that didn't quite come out right. <laughs> Check them out on Ustream Thursday nights at 9. Epic Rant Radio is celebrating their one-year anniversary of podcasting this week. Congratulations, guys. Uh, they've been on my radar for a while, but haven't had a chance to feature a clip until, well, they sent one in. Two, actually, but we'll go with a longer one. I'm not a sports guy, and so I'm not really sure what they're talking about in this clip. Guys fighting, maybe? Anyway, check them out all this week, because they're uh, they've got a podcast a day to celebrate their anniversary. Wish them a happy first for me at epicrantradio.com, iTunes, and they're also on Stitcher Smart Radio, which we also happen to be on it, uh, Stitcher. So check us out. Check them out. That's Epic Rant Radio. I don't think whatever happened in the first round really had anything to do with the end result of the fight. In the moment, and let's go ahead and move on to the second round. In that moment in the second round where Sonnen thinks he can hit him with like a spinning backhanded punch and he falls, I could not, I, from my perspective, Sonnen expended all that energy in the first round. He wants this fight worse than anybody else. He's been talking trash for months on end. Why does he not show the same type of urgency to get up off the ground to get himself to a safe place before Silva gets to knee him right in the solar plexus? And anyone well, can answer I that? Can answer, I can answer that for you. I, I asked myself that same question last night, and what, I, what I've come up with is this. Anderson Silva is the fastest fighter in the UFC. I, I mean, Jose Aldo, uh, one of the other champions for different weight classes, is also very fast. But Sonnen, literally, if he tried to get up in front of Silva like that and stand up, uh, if he did anything but what he did, he would have probably eaten a flying knee to the face or just would have been pounced on. So I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking his thought process was he backs up against the cage and is hoping that Silva will jump on him and guard, but wasn't really anticipating, or maybe he didn't anticipate the me. I mean, he he did throw his hands up to, to to block it, but it didn't obviously work that well. But I, you're in a really bad position. I mean, the fatal mistake was throwing a spinning back fist against Anderson Silva. I think what he what went through his mind when he did that was that he kind of had Silva fall up against the cage, and he thought maybe he'd walk into it. And it wasn't like a bad idea. It's just that he happened to trip or whatever he did. And Silva obviously was ready for it. And then, yeah, the rest happened how it happened. Austin, I have a question for you because I think we were talking about this last night. When I'm kind of going back, I'm back, you know, before the before all of this happened, I want to go back. They're in their corners. Okay. In your like in your experience with any of this stuff. They're sitting down and they're being talked to by their their corner, okay? The, their trainers or whatever are talking to them. Is anything that is being said to them something they don't already know? And are they even really listening? Because I, that's like like we were sitting there like last night, like you know, like the trainers are like, okay, well you got your ass beat that round. Why don't we go ahead and do better? Like it's like is 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 one of these guys like no really like oh I didn't know that oh well, let me fix that like is is that like a are they actually listening or, and do they actually know, like, do they know what they're being told? That's funny. You know, um, of the reporting I've done and, and the fighters I've talked to, I, you know, I've really yet to ask that question. Um, that, that's a really great question. It's, it's actually something I was thinking of last night. It's just funny you asked that. Cause I was, li- I was listening to, uh, which corner was it? Maybe it was the Anderson silver quarter. I listened to a couple of them last night. I think I listened to Tito's corner too, but, uh, Anderson Silva's corner says, 
what do you say? Like round one, he was like, it was a, he was like, it was a close rounder. I know he said some bullshit, bull crap. And I was just like, I was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I vaguely remember what you're, what you're, and I remember it fi- thinking equally that it was, it was equally stupid. Yeah. It's like, what? It's like, hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> but, um, I think to answer your question, uh, I, I think they're just kind of like the Tony Robbins of, you know, MMA. They're just like, Hey, you're doing great. You just uh, keep a positive attitude and get out there and you just need to keep your head up and blah, blah, blah. Like motivational speaker. Like I live in a van down by the river and you could do better than me kind of thing. And I, I think the fighters know what's going on. I think it's very rare that they have a cornerman that's really telling them something that they need to know. But they do sometimes. I have heard cornermen be like, hey, um, I don't know if you see this, but he, when he's throwing this, he keeps his arm down. When he's throwing a left hook, he's dropping his other arm. Or um, or think about this round that we just had, and and he's outstruck you, so every time he hits you once next round, you need – I forget which corner said this last night – and he's and the corner said he's hit, he, he's winning. Every time he hits you once, you need to hit him twice. All right. Now I would have featured this next clip earlier in the show because it's a great moment for Succotash, but it's not a clip. I'm actually going to feature the whole show. It's episode 243 of the Mustache Rangers with Eric McCune and Corey Anderson. They had put out a call a few weeks ago for podcasters to send in clips from their shows that they would then use as springboards for their improvised episodes. Since all we really do at Succotash is play clips from other podcasts, that didn't seem right. So instead, I sent them one of our Henderson's Pants ads, figuring what are they going to do with this? Well, sit back, relax, and let the mustache rangers fill your ears with improvity for the next little while. Boys and girls, it's that time of the week again. Time to turn your gazes to the stars above. It's time for the Mustache Rangers, spreading truth and the glory of America to the furthest reaches of outer space. Commander Major Alistair Q. Bastidious, leader of America's greatest mission and a hero to all. First Lieutenant Rutiger G. Funibaum, his loyal companion and an all-around dandy fellow. Together, they lay claim to space for the American way. They are the Mustache Rangers. The man giving me my last rites told me the Mustache Rangers are brought to you by Doc Johnson's Old Time Elixir. One spoonful and you're good, two spoonfuls and you're fine, just fine. Today, our heroes receive a message from Henderson's Pants. Courtesy of the Succotash Show. You can listen to the Succotash podcast at SuccotashShow.com. Do it just to learn how to spell Succotash. Let's listen in. Hello, friends. Summer may be winding down, but with plenty of warm weather still ahead, now is the perfect time to take advantage of Henderson's annual sale on Picnic Pants. You know, you shouldn't wear white after Labor Day, but don't let that old saw stop you from slipping into a pair of white and red-checked Henderson's Picnic Pants. Roomy, cool, and comfortable, Henderson's Picnic Pants are a walk in the park. And once you've found that perfect spot to plop down your basket, that's when your Picnic Pants go into action. One firm tug achieves easy release, and the pants legs unfurl to form a ground cover wide enough to accommodate the entire family. Specially built pockets hold an entire arsenal of sporks, while the insulated pockets, both front and rear, keep plenty of coleslaw, potato salad, and condiments on ice until you're ready to eat. I know what you're thinking. What about my meat? 
Well, friends, with Henderson's patented concealed crotch cooler, there is plenty of space to tuck away those weenies, brats, and patties until the coals are hot enough to stick them on the grill. And with our buttocks basket, you'll be sure to have an ample supply of buns on hand. In addition to being both stain and water resistant, picnic pants are insect repellent too, which means there'll be no ants in your pants when it comes time to bid adios to your favorite park or beach luncheon spot. Originally designed for SEAL Team 6, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and the Donner Party, Henderson's Picnic Pants are now available on sale wherever fine tarpaulins and mulch are sold. That's Henderson's, makers of fine trousers and pantaloons since 756 AD. I have to get those pants. I haven't buttoned pants in a long time. I have to get those pants. I don't even know how to do it. You're right. Yeah, how do you buy things? I don't know. We haven't had to buy anything for... No, it it comes in a box to us. Already marked with our names. Yeah. I don't... I want to do it. How do they do it? They didn't give me instructions on on, how to do it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is an advertising. Mm-hmm. This is an advertising. Okay. We are being manipulated. No. No. I am not being manipulated. I think they're making it seem better than it is. I doubt it. Because, I mean, did you see all the features of those pants? I need to have those pants. I know we've never picnicked, but it's something that I want to do and I can see myself doing only if I have those pants. All right. We are going to sleep on this, number one. We can talk about it some more, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. But we're not going to take any action until we've, we've had a good sleep. I don't think you realize there's only a limited supply t- of these pants. I need to get a pair of these. If if I don't get a pair of these pants, I will hate you forever. Commander Major. What? Look in my eyes. I am. I need you to breathe with me. Let's do our, our breathing. All right. In. <laughs> you were much faster than me. Out. <sighs> in. <sighs> Out. Now, your pants are doing pretty good as they are. Agreed, but we are not on a picnic. Currently, when we are on a picnic, these pants will be useless. Think of all the other things involved in a picnic. I doubt these pants come supplied with the items in the pockets. Mm-hmm. They're good for storing, say, buns and sparks. Mm-hmm. But we need to get those things ourselves. Right. We are giving ourselves a job mm-hmm. if we get these pants. We're also giving ourselves a reward. I think picnics are overrated. I think picnics are great. Well, we are of two different opinions then. We are. And whilst you are correct that these pants probably don't come with everything mm-hmm. included, yeah. if we're to go on a picnic, we would need to get this stuff anyway, and we would also have to get a basket. Whereas if we have these pants, we do not need a basket. Picnics... Mm-hmm. are outdoors. Yes. You're going to need sunscreen. You're going to need hats. You're going to need to keep away hawks. You're going to need to find a place that isn't covered in buildings. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to find a patch of grass. Mm-hmm. All of these things would need to happen regardless of if I have pants or not. It just seems like picnics themselves. I'm not even talking about the pants at But this I point. wouldn't need a basket. Right. That's one less thing, but picnics right. are still horrible. That's one less thing. You're going to get some potato pants. salad that's warm. No, it won't be you. warm because it it's got a cooler warm. in the crotch. Oh, that's right. These are some pretty good pants. Right? I'm telling Hold you, man. Hold on. Manipulated. Uh, 
No, we're, yes. I can't. Uh, listen. All right. I need to see some customer reviews before I buy anything. Mm-hmm. I want to see stars attached to an item before I make a decision about it. All right. Well, what if, me... what if there's another style of pants mm-hmm. that are better than this style of pants for doing the exact same thing? What if there's another picnic pant out there? These are the only picnic pants out there. How do you know? Have because you this is what I've heard. From that advertisement. From the advertisement. Advertisements are lies. They are not lies. They are. There was a picture and someone stretch- having a great time at a picnic. They're stretching up the truth. All right. Here's what we'll do. We'll get the pants. And then I will write a review. That can't be step one. I will write a review and put stars by them. But that involves us going on a picnic, so we can't do that before we go on a picnic because we will already have gone on a picnic. All right, here's what we'll do. Okay. We'll get the pants, and we'll go on a picnic, and then I'll write a review about the pants, and then separately I'll write a review about where we had a picnic. No, that's two. The issue isn't the amount of reviews that you are writing. Two, re- two reviews there doesn't solve the problem at I all. I thought you wanted to see reviews. I want to see other people's reviews before we buy a product. Well, how would we know that they're telling the truth? That's a good point. They could just be working for the company as well. The only way we'll be able to know for sure is if I buy these pants and we use them ourselves. Did you hear anything about a, a money-back guarantee? I didn't. Not only money-back guarantee, but a time-back guarantee? Mm-mm. Because if we waste our time with a crappy picnic, which picnics are horrible to start with. I want my time back. I didn't hear them say that on there, Mm -hmm. but I'm guessing Henderson Products is a reputable company and they would probably give us our time back. Listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're guessing that they're a reputable company. Yeah. You're guessing. You don't know for a fact. Anybody who puts together an advertisement like that with music and lots of product information, they know what they're doing. You're making a lot of assumptions. What if these pants explode? Why would they? They can't, you can't sell exploding pants unless you say our exploding pants are great. Commander Major, Mm -hmm. there's a cooler by your crotch. Right. That's not where you want to make... <clears throat> That's where I like things to be cool. That's not where you want an explosion to happen. Why would it explode if it's a cooler? What if there's frayed wiring? What if your crotch goes up in flames? And not the sexual kind. <laughs> These are a lot of what-ifs, Funibaum. Yeah, it's, it's the same as you're guessing that they're a reputable company. Yeah, but you're guessing, you're, your what-ifs are all negative. I mean, these, ta- these they pants generally had to are. Be- these pants had to be tested. You can't just bring a they product. They didn't have to, to be tested. You, you can't just bring a product to the to market without it being tested and making sure the crotch doesn't explode. Well, I'd like to see some uh, scientific studies on All these right. pants. So you go to a grocery store and you're like, hmm, today's a good day for apples. I'm going to get these apples. But let me check the history and make sure that these apples don't explode on me. Yeah. Then you're, all of the apples you'd ever get will be not ripe and they'll be past their due date because you're doing so much due diligence and making sure they don't explode, that the time to eat them is passed. I'd rather be alive than exploded by apples. That's the difference between you and I. I'm willing to let some things go, and I'm willing to assume the better of things and products. I'm just trying to save you from yourself and this predator of a company. You don't know they're a predator of a company. This company could be run by an old grandmother who all she's done her entire life is bake pies for people. I know that doesn't mean she's good at making pants, Mm -hmm. but she's a nice old lady who would not do anything to you except offer you some candy. All they want to do is make money. They don't want to help. They just want to make things to make them richer. And That's what a company is. Yes, I agree. I agree. They'll do anything they can. But a company's not going to put a crappy product out there because 
like you said, there will be people who review it and say it's crappy. Like, right. If but I then there's, pants then and there's dum-dums like you who just go out and buy it without reading the reviews. Mm-hmm. But then I'll put so a then review. They'll, they'll, if it's a crappy review, I'll put a review up. Yeah. But then more dum-dums like you who don't read reviews mm-hmm. are going to buy some more. Do you think there are more dum-dums than yes. there are product reviewers? Yes. Yeah, you're probably right. But still... It's not like because if the pants, let's say the pants exploded, mm-hmm. I would be able to sue the company. Unless they're a shell corporation. In which case, I would do some digging, find the other corporation, I'd follow the money, mm-hmm. and get to the top. Are we talking about a revenge? Eventually. Uh, well, I mean, it depends on how much damage it does. But if my crotch explodes, you can bet I'm going to find out who made my pants explode, and then I was going to put an end to them. What if they make more money settling in court than they would by recalling a, a shoddy product. Well, if the settlement goes to me, Uh then I'm fine with that. But you won't have a crotch. Depending on the amount of money, I could probably get a new crotch. That's true. Mm -hmm. A better crotch. Well, I don't know if a metal crotch is necessarily better. It depends on what planet you're on. Going to be doing a lot of robot babes. If I have a metal crotch, yes. I'd be concerned about the kissing. Metal kiss robots. No. See, that's the problem. I would miss that. Oh, Metal crotch to metal crotch would probably be fine, but Mm -hmm. your upper half needs a little uh, flesh. Robots don't like the intimate intimacy of kissing because they're robots yeah well we read the same book yeah. i know we're on the same page on the robot intimacy okay i'm just saying i would miss it well you won't have a robot you would need to find a woman who also bought these pants right and her crotch exploded mm-hmm. which i'm sure we would be a part of the same class action lawsuit right If you're going to go to court, nothing eases the pain like a belly full of Doc Johnson's old time elixir. It's good for what ails you. Thanks again to the Succotash Podcast for helping out this week. You can listen at SuccotashShow.com. While you're out on the internet doing things, why not check into iTunes, type in Mustache Rangers, and then rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps how many people find the show through iTunes. It really helps. Guys, it really helps. Tell your loved ones about the podcast. Say if they don't like it too, you will love them less. Chat the Mustache Rangers up on Twitter at Mustache Rangers or Twitter.com slash Mustache Rangers. That's it for now. See you next week, boys and girls. Impressive, gentlemen. I salute you and thank you. Go get them at MustacheRangers.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. That was great. And we're not quite done. I know this has been a fairly long uh, installment of Succotash, but back from his short writing sabbatical comes raging moderate Succotash's ambassador to the middle. It's Will Durst and his burst of Durst in his sights this time Mitt Romney and the bane of his existence. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words on the financial questions currently plaguing Mitt Romney like a swarm of dive-bombing bees in a bathroom stall. He says he left Bain Capital to run the Salt Lake City Olympics, even though his company handed the government signed documents showing he was still in charge. The presumptive GOP nominee now finds himself in the uncomfortable position of convincing voters that a person can serve as a firm's president, chairman of the board, chief executive officer, sole stockholder, janitor, cafeteria server, and a plastic hairnet, and still have nothing to do with what's going on. A concept many of you corporate employees immediately understand. It all boils down to whether or not he played an active role after leaving in 1999 and his subsequent retroactive retirement, whatever that means. He says no. 
And those SEC filings listing him as boss were just corporate publicity, like Donald Trump putting his name on various hotels and fashion models. During the period in question, Romney did sit on the board of a corporation called Lifelike, which coincidentally seems to be his campaign slogan. But we're pretty sure they had nothing to do with his assembly. They make dolls, not puppets. Romney says he is totally within the law, not releasing any more tax records than required. Yeah, well, in certain states, gambling and prostitution are legal, too. But you're running for president. Or is your actual focus simply to avoid the constabulary? The reason it's important is because Romney claims his qualification is his business acumen. And if it's proven that he lied under oath or to the American people, it would go a long way into establishing he truly is duly qualified for national politics. The former governor of Massachusetts also maintains he's only doing what Teresa Hines did back in 04. So maybe he's subliminally letting us know the post he's really angling for is First Lady. For Suckertash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. There's lots more Durst at willdurst.com. He also tweets as at Will Durst. And that is quite enough Suckertash for this episode, Epi 30. So, so it's a little longer than usual. I hope you don't mind. And if you do, we will cheerfully refund your admission fee. Check out the blog at SuckatashShow.com uh, so you can click to help out comedian Caleb Medley's recovery from the Dark Knight Rises shooting, or to get Gabe and Etta's Kickstarter campaign, uh, and also to watch a special video incentive from the Sellings guest star Barry Bostwick. That's up on the, the blog site as well, SuckatashShow.com. You can also get yourself some snazzy Suckatash merch. And you can always email us with your comments, suggestions for comedy podcasts we haven't covered, or just to redirect your spam to me, mark at SuckatashShow.com. Until next time, remember to pass the Suckatash. Bill Haywatt, get us the hell out of here. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com or at Suckatash Show on iTunes and even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com or just pick up that phone and give Suckatash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please... Pass the Suckatash!